Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to Book Club with Michael Smirkanish. Hi, it's Michael Smirkanish. As a Sirius XM and CNN host, I'm known for speaking, but frankly, I read for a living. I need to know what to say, and so I consume over two dozen newspapers and websites daily. I read opposing views and studies and court cases and orders and op-eds just so I can discuss current events on radio and television. But my favorite reading? Books. Old school. And my favorite interviews? are with book authors. Book Club with Michael Smirconish is now in session. Garrett Graff has been here before. He's an author of several bestsellers, most recently Watergate, which was a finalist for the Pulitzer Prize. Now he's the author of the recently released UFO, the inside story of the U.S. government's search for alien life here and out there. Garrett, thanks for coming back. Pleasure to talk to you, Michael. I always learn things by reading the acknowledgments. And when I read the acknowledgments in your book, I learned that in 2020, John Brennan, the former director of the CIA, former secretary as well of Homeland Security, he did an interview that caught your ear. And that was really the the genesis of this book. Uh, Absolutely. What I what he said in December 2020. Yeah, sorry. Um what he said in that December 2020 interview was, uh, you know, yes, there are things up there that puzzle us. Um, we don't know what they are, and they might actually be something that 
feels like a new form of life for us. And that comment really struck me because John Brennan's a serious guy. um, And he had been at the top of the U.S. intelligence community for the better part of a decade at that point. And I figured there probably aren't that many things in life that still puzzle John Brennan. When he had a question, he had all of the tools of the $60 billion a year intelligence community to answer his mysteries for him. And so if he was interested in this subject, if he was puzzled in this subject, that felt to me something worthy of diving into. I have to say, I give Garrett Graff credit because you are not intimidated from a well-trodden path. In other words, I, I think I said this to you when you wrote about Watergate, a book of yours that I read and enjoyed. But at the outset, I thought, what really is left to be said? And in similar fashion, in the world of UFOs, so much has been so much has been written about, and yet you break new ground. Let me ask this. We lump, many of us lump, UFOs and extraterrestrials. But one of them is, is for real, right? An unidentified flying object is an unidentified flying object. What it is, we don't know. The other is totally unconfirmed, meaning extraterrestrials. Yes. And one of the things I really tried to do with this book is it weaves together two separate threads that normally journalists and historians try to treat differently. The search for UFOs here on Earth and the evolving astronomy and science uh, that you see uh, in what's called the search for extraterrestrial intelligence across the, the universe. And one of the things that's really different, one of the things that has really changed, to me this is one of the biggest sort of revolutions in human uh, knowledge that we have had in the last 20 years, is understanding just how vast and huge the scope of outer space is. That you see um, that the math is actually very much on the side of the aliens. That there are, uh, we now understand probably something like one sextillion uh, habitable planets out there across the universe. That's a billion trillion habitable planets across the universe. And if, uh, you know, life could be rare, intelligent life could be rare, but do you really think it's just a one in sextillion chance? <laughs> Hadn't really thought of it in those terms. The, the the modern version, I guess I would say, of this whole subject area, and you deal with this, begins in 1947 in Roswell. We, we now know what happened at Roswell, right? Project Mogul, which you write about? Yes. And, and part of the challenge of a lot of uncovering sort of the history and mythology and lore of UFO history is that all along there have been government cover-ups. Um, it, the government cover-up in Roswell was two or three sort of separate classified early Cold War research programs into weather balloons and ejection seats and possible uh, parachutes for uh, fighter pilots. But the government was trying to cover up not a crash of alien technology, not a crash uh, that where they retrieved alien bodies. Um, and you see that sort of throughout, actually, the history of the sort of advancing technology here on Earth and where it gets mixed up with UFOs. The CIA went back and calculated that it believes that 50%, half of all UFO sightings in the 1950s were probably actually sightings of the U-2 spy plane while it was in development secretly uh, in places like Area 51. Has part of the government, I get it, that there's a national security reason 
to want to cover up some of this, as you just described. Has part of the rationale of government ever been, well, we really don't know what we have on our hands and we could instill fear if we were to ever say that publicly? Yes. And to me, that's actually what part of what is so interesting about this is, you know, I've spent a, the last two years really studying this topic, trying to read through the documents that have been declassified, trace back, sort of unwind the difference between fact and fiction across the last 80 years. I think that the actual government cover up is that the government has no idea what UFOs actually are, what they now call UAPs, unidentified anomalous phenomenon. And I think that the core of the government cover-up is that it is uncomfortable saying, as a bureaucracy, we don't know what these things are. Why was the change made? I I have my, uh, you know, I I went to junior high school, not middle school, but now it's middle school. Why, Why did we go from UFOs to unidentified anomalous phenomena? What's behind that? It's a great question. And there's sort of some fun history wrapped up in this, which is the, this sort of whole thing starts, as you said, in summer of 1947 with what was originally called flying saucers. The government comes up with and sort of popularizes the term UFOs in the late 1940s as a way to destigmatize the giggle factor of people coming forward to talk about you uh, to talk about flying saucers so that ufos was their original rebranding to take this subject more seriously in the last decade as sort of this topic has come back up as the government has re-engaged in it more seriously they have tried to destigmatize the term that they originally came up with ufos and now call it uaps unidentified anomalous phenomenon that sort of captured two shifts one is not all of these things are objects. Some of them are phenomena, you know, atmospheric, meteorological, astronomical phenomenon that we are still trying to understand. And the second is they're not all aerial. Sort of part of what the government has uh, discovered is that some chunk of these, you know, what we used to call UFOs, actually turn out to have a maritime marine component. One of the things that the Pentagon has actually said publicly is that as it has been hunting and trying to solve uh, the modern era of UAP sightings, it has uncovered a heretofore unknown transmedium Chinese drone. That is to say, a drone that comes out of the water and transitions to flight that we did not understand that China possessed that type of advanced technology until the government was diving back into UAP. Listen, you, you've uh, sort of anticipated my next question, which is, is the United States unique in this regard in the number of reports that we have received in the last 80 or so years that you chronicle, whether we're talking about unidentified anomalous phenomena or UFOs? Because if if we have a higher incidence of sightings, given our technological advance, maybe not so much recently uh, when it comes to the military, then I would say, well, it's the testing of military aircraft. But if you tell me in Brazil they have as many sightings as we do, then it's going to change my thought process. Yeah, and, and both are true. The U.S. sort of has a disproportionate number of sightings. A lot of that has to do with we have higher concentrations of more advanced sensor systems that pick some of these things up. You know, higher concentrations of commercial flights over our airspace that spot and see UAPs and UFOs. 
But this is a global phenomenon. And to me, um, some of the most interesting and important sightings have taken place in South America, in Africa, um, and even actually in the Soviet Union during the Cold War. Um, they, they had sort of their own very serious UFO study program. Um, and in actually, uh, around the world, the country that takes this most seriously, uh, sort of from a scientific perspective, is actually France. They have a very serious UFO study program that has been running almost uh, without interruption since the 1970s. This is Garrett Graff. The book is called UFO, the inside story of the U.S. government's search for alien life here and out there. This is Book Club with Michael Smirconish from Sirius XM. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. If you're like me, it's now the end of the day, and you say, "Uh uh-oh, what are we going to have for dinner? Well, here's the solution. Eating better is easy with Factors Delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. You're going to have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Flexible for your schedule, get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive. Then take out, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash smirconish50 and use code smirconish50 because you'll get 50% off. That's code smirconish50 at factormeals.com slash smirconish50. Get your 50% off. Calling all operatives. From now to March 30th, MGM National Harbor invokes your skills to play Covert Cash, a spy-themed kiosk game series where classified missions, hidden rewards, and daily thrills await. Sign up for MGM Rewards to play and unlock up to $25,000 in hidden free play daily and entries into our grand escape car drawing on March 30th. Visit MGMNationalHarbor.com slash Covert Cash to begin your mission. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. 
Nicholas Mercanish program. Listen weekdays at 9 a.m. East on POTUS, Sirius XM, Channel 124, and anytime on the Sirius XM app. This is Garrett Graff. The book is called UFO, the inside story of the U.S. government's search for alien life here and out there. Uh, American presidents, you know, they get the book of secrets. At least I think I learned that in uh, a movie once. Bill Clinton, you explain, he wanted to know. He said to Webb Hubble, I want you to find out what's the deal. Yeah, and one of the things is that actually um, almost every president since Harry Truman has come to office with the sort of hope of trying to figure out what UFOs actually are. You know, is there a hangar under Area 51 uh, where we store the captured alien spacecraft and the dead alien bodies? You know, sort of a la Bill Pullman in Independence Day. Um, And a lot of presidents actually sort of have these stories of coming to office, trying to figure out, whether there is anything actually there. Um, Barack Obama gave uh, an interview to James Corden in 2021, where he said basically the same thing. You know, I came to office, I immediately asked, is there a place where we're (laughs) storing all of the alien bodies? They looked around, they told me no. But, and this is where, where again, sort of Obama's quotes are interesting when put up against, you know, someone like John Brennan's interviews. Obama said in 2021, there's stuff up there, we don't know what it is, and it puzzles us. And so this is sort of something where, again, you have presidents leaving office saying there's something to this and we don't know what it is. You spoke of Area 51, and, and it brings this question to mind, which I was going to ask you anyway. You don't deal. The, the book is the book is like three inches thick, and it's a lot of pages, nearly 500 pages. If you dealt with it, I missed it. You don't talk about Bob Lazar. And Bob Lazar gets a, a lot of buzz because of the, the interviews that Joe Rogan has done with him. Frankly, it was my sons who turned me on to this and said, Dad, you got to listen to Bob Lazar on Joe Rogan's podcast. How come? Yeah. So, you know, part of the challenge of untangling a lot of this over the last um, particularly 40 years is the rise of uh sort of UFO conspiracy theories and sort of so-called whistleblowers, you know, people coming forward saying that they generally have secondhand knowledge. And there's actually a term for this in ufology that are called folk tales, not folk tales, but folk tales, friend of a friend tales, sort of people coming forward and saying, you know, I talked to a guy and he told me this, or I met a guy and he said that he'd had access to this craft or this object, or he'd seen this thing. Um, And one of the things that we are sort of still lacking, um, you know, really sort of 30, 40 years into this era of government whistleblowers. um, And and I think you saw this even in this summer's congressional hearings with David uh, Grush, where David David Grush comes forward. Um, It's almost always secondhand knowledge. And what we're lacking is sort of the hard confirmation of, I saw this thing firsthand, I touched this thing, I worked on this thing, um, and I know where it is. Um, Okay, but Lazar, Lazar, for better or worse, does say that. I mean, he says he has seen alien cadavers and that he's been, it's been a long time since I listened to the podcast, but that he's been in a hangar where, you know, you've, you've got the craft that came from another planet being stored. But again, we haven't seen the documentary evidence that sort of backs any of that up. And to me, part of the challenge, um, and you know, you, you and I have talked about this over the years, 
my general challenge with government conspiracy theories is that they presuppose a level of competence, forethought, and planning that is not on display in the rest of the work that the government is doing. And, and I just, I've covered national security for 20 years. I've written a half dozen books on national security at this point. Um, and I just don't see the sort of ticklers that out there that one would expect to see uh, if there was a large-scale conspiracy of the government hiding craft or bodies. Okay, I'll let it go after this, but it would seem to me you made a conscious decision not to reference Lazar in the book, that Garrett Graff undoubtedly is familiar with his account and decided it wasn't credible. Is that fair? It, yeah, I've, I think that there are a lot of reasons to be doubtful of the sort of most extreme claims that we have seen, uh, you know, a, any number of these whistleblowers bring forward over the last, um, you know, 20, 30, 40 years. Um, to me, though, a big part of this story does end up being, um, and, you know, in a weird way, it sort of sits well as a sequel to my last book about Watergate, as you mentioned, um, that sort of the second half of this book really is about the collapse of truth and trust in government and institutions that I, I think a lot of what we sort of struggle with in our political culture today, the foundation for that emerged in the sort of the original deep state conspiracies about the U.S. government and UFOs in the 80s and 90s. Garrett, I'm not giving it all away for free. The book is called UFO. Garrett Graff is the author. One final question. Uh, I learned from you, there's this odd carpool of funding sources and people who are caught up in the issue of trying to figure out more. What am I making reference to? I have no idea. Oh, I, I meant the people that you identify, you know, Harry Reid and a rock star and this deep oh, pocket. Yes, and yes. they all oh, they're all yes. like this band of brothers that that want to learn. It's not just the government in a search is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yes. And, and uh, you know, that is what the last couple of chapters of this book are about. It's this incredibly odd team of people who come together o over the last 20 years, uh, including Senator Harry Reid, uh, Las Vegas uh, sort of uh, motel titan Robert Bigelow, oh, yeah. Bigelow uh, the reporter George Knapp, and Blink-182 frontman <laughs> Tom DeLong. <laughs> we all want to know. We all want to know. Uh, book is great. It, it is one of the f most fundamental. Yeah, it's one of the most fundamental questions of human existence. You know, are we alone? It's a, it's as big a question as you could seek to try to answer. What is the short answer from the man who has just spent years looking at the subject? Are we alone? I, I think we are not. I think that there. I think that the math is on the side of the aliens. The twist <laughs> is, I think the what we're going to really discover is life is out there. There's probably a lot of life out there. It's probably too far away for us to really have any meaningful contact with. Garrett, thank you for the conversation. Thanks for the book. Oh, my pleasure. This is Book Club with Michael Smirconish from Sirius XM. What do you think? Are we alone out there? Absolutely not. No question. We are not alone. Do they just not want to hang with us? What hoopers Why would, would they? have to have to think that we were alone? We're but tiny little specks in this huge universe. What, what would we have to have? Either hubris or hubris or hubris. Hubris. 
I, when I mispronounced it Yo, last did. time, everyone yes. went berserkers. You've, mi- you've mi- mispronounced it again. And when people go berserkers, you know what it makes me want to do? Do it again. Continue to mispronounce you it. You learn that from me. <laughs> you learn that from the finest. All it does is make you repeat it. So. Horse divorce. Mm-hmm. Tell me about Amuse bouche. Um, tell me about Bob Lazar. I mean, so I've, okay, I've heard here's the, name the thing from you, right? But he definitely did not want to talk about him. No, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't, he didn't say his name. Uh-uh. He did not say his he name. He's like the not. Voldemort of the UFO, exactly. according to Garrett. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> UFO that cannot be named. <laughs> uh, within the last couple of years, one of my sons said, "Dad, you should listen to Joe Rogan's interview or interviews with Bob Lazar." Now. Here, I have I have something in my notes that I, I, I sensed with Garrett, like he'd heard enough about Bob Lazar, so <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't get this uh, wait, far. Way to read the room, Michael. <laughs> R- Ross Duthat okay. in the New York Times was wrote a piece about David Grush. Grush, you remember from the summer, was the guy who looked awfully credible. Testified? In, in, who testified. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. We talked about him sure. at the time. Uh he is, uh, what was he? He's the, the latest whistleblower, former national security professional assigned to the then newly created Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, which I think they had a name change for. So Roth, Ross Duthat was trying to make the point that, like, this is a really incredible guy. Right. The person who's been heretofore getting all the attention is Bob Lazar. And here's what Ross Duthat wrote. In UFO Arcana, one of the figures claiming a whistleblower's knowledge of a secret U.S. program to reverse engineer recovered alien technology is a man named Bob Lazar. Here's how Lazar has told his story. As a physicist educated at MIT and Caltech, he was hired by the U.S. Navy in the 80s to work as a technician at S-4, a subsidiary of Area 51. By his account, the facility contains nine recovered flying saucers. In addition, Lazar has claimed glimpses of alien cadavers and briefings on human contact with the Zeta Reticuli star system, which sounds awfully uh, impressive, right? And that's the Bob Lazar that you get if you are listening to the Joe Rogan interviews, which is what my sons turned me on to. Here's the next paragraph, though, of Ross Duthat's piece. I was thinking there had to be more. Heady stuff, this, except that Lazar isn't actually a physicist. He was never hired by the Navy. He didn't graduate from MIT or Caltech, and his only possible connection to military installations is a brief stint at a contractor firm associated with Los Alamos. And that's why Garrett Graff did not want to mention him, because right. he's a fraud. But he, well, you, that's, okay, you're saying that, but I'm just saying Wait that the guy- Wait a minute, if you're holding yourself up as an expert because of X, Y, and Z, and X, Y, and Z aren't true- Well, I'm surprised he didn't just say that, if that's what what he thinks. Why but give I, him the time I got, I got through the, because of all the, I'm telling you, this is like a huge subject in Rogan land. I understand that, but it, he's, he's, he's a fraud. He's not, he's not who he purports to be. Hmm. So how on earth, like, come on. So anyway, that is the footnote to the conversation about UFOs. That is quite a footnote. Do you think we're alone? Do I think we're alone? Do I think we're alone? When he expresses it mathematically with a word that I'd never even heard of before. Yeah, what was that word? Uh, sextatillion. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have no idea. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. No, no, no. It's only us. Right. Like of all of those, of, of all of those planets where there could be. No, no. It's only this one. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I think for the last 5,000 years, it's probably just been oh, us. Geez, I'm not go. really... When you say things like that, you know we get some kind of huge reaction online, right? Yes, that's exactly what it's intended Which to do. Which is why you keep mispronouncing hubris. Book Club with Michael Smirconish. New episodes drop Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Listen to the Michael Smirconish program weekdays on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 and anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash SiriusXM.